It's time for Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Realtor.com, the home of home search. The Golden State Warriors uh, win their second game in a row. They're now 2-2 two and two on this road trip. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight, 129-105. And it was a game in which they really put this thing away in the third quarter. You know, it wasn't long ago that the Warriors had a reputation for coming out after halftime and kind of uh, just just turning it on and, and beating teams that they should beat. And that's exactly what they did tonight. They came out in the third quarter, outscored the Cavaliers 37-22, the key being the Cavaliers shooting three for their first 16 from the floor in that period, and then the Warriors went on to cruise to a 129-105 victory. And now they play Milwaukee on Friday, which will determine whether they have a winning road trip or not. All right. 888-957-9570 is the number. I'm sitting in solo for a while till John Dickinson joins me. But you guys can join me anytime you want. Talk some Golden State Warriors basketball. If you want to talk about tonight's ball game, I'll be happy to listen to you. I'll be happy to engage you. 888-957-9570. And if you want to talk just Warriors in general, I can do that also. And, of course, we've got the Chilton Auto Body text line at 95795 and you can engage me on the text line too i'm all ears i'm all eyes and just a couple things about this ball game uh, tonight that stuck out clearly steph curry if uh, if he got off to a little bit of a slow start against the pistons on saturday that's completely behind him right now steph curry with 42 points tonight he also had 9 rebounds Seven assists, so he barely missed the triple-double. Just uh, short of rebound and three assists. Kevin Durant, 25-10-9. He misses a triple-double by one assist. So the Warriors, their twosome of Durant and Steph Curry, simply phenomenal tonight. Clay Thompson, not a spectacular night. He was 5-for-15 from the floor. He ended up with 16 points. But, look, the one troubling area that I think the Warriors were looking at when Steph Curry was hurt was that they were not shooting the three ball well and they weren't shooting a lot of threes and there's a lot of people worried about whether they're going away from their strength I think the reality is now that Steph Curry's back everything's headed in a positive direction for example tonight the Golden State Warriors shoot 18 for 34. 18 for 34 from three-point range, and that's on the heels of a 13 for 24 three-point range uh, shooting night in Atlanta. So I would say the Golden State Warriors are shooting the three-ball well, considering they've shot over 50% in each of the last two games. Of course, Curry's first night back against the Pistons, the Warriors were only 6 of 26. So let's see what happens Friday when they go to Milwaukee and play the Bucks, the Bucks, of course, one are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, and some say one of the best teams in all of basketball. But I think the the best news to come out of tonight's ball game is that Steph Curry looks 
basically like Steph Curry, and that's all everybody and anybody wants him to look like. It'd be really hard for him actually to look like a better player than Steph Curry because I don't know that you can be much better than Steph Curry, to tell you the truth. So 888-957-957 is the number. A couple other uh, notes, you know, anybody else out there? I know I'm probably begging right here, probably begging for some Warrior fans, but anybody else miss, miss the rivalry, miss the big game of playing the Cleveland Cavaliers? I mean, come on. This was kind of a letdown, wasn't it? This is, I mean, sure, it's nice to win by 20, but it's probably a little more rewarding when you beat a Cleveland team with LeBron James. Here's another thing that was a very good sign for the Golden State Warriors. Eight turnovers, just eight turnovers tonight against the Cavaliers. And, you know, the reason I think that's such a big uh, stat is because when Steph Curry plays, it's perfectly understandable that the Warriors turn the ball over more than when they don't play with Steph Curry. And the reason is, with Steph Curry, the ball tends to move more. The Warriors throw more passes. They play less isolation. When Kevin Durant is on the floor without Steph Curry and he's he's got to go one-on-one or he's got to create something by himself, you know, he, he may take a bad shot or a contested shot in those situations, but most of the time... He's not going to turn the ball over. Uh, Regardless of whether a bad shot is like a turnover or not, it doesn't go in the turnover column. So what I'm getting at is with Steph Curry back and the Warriors looking a little bit more uh, like themselves, the fact that they only turned the ball over eight times is a very good sign, particularly because they had 29 assists. And as a team, as a team, you'll take 29 assists to eight turnovers any day of the week. Uh, especially if you're the Golden State Warriors and you're a team that moves the ball uh, like they do. All right, let's let's hear from the fans. And when we do that, it's brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers, best since 1952. Let's go to let's go to Trini, Trini in San Carlos. How you doing, Trini? What's going on? Hey, uh, great to hear the show and uh, keep up the awesome work. I wanted to uh, talk to you about uh, Looney. Yes. And, you know, last year, uh, D. West was basically a rock for the second team that was getting out there. And I'm almost wondering if Looney is becoming a version of that and then throwing some uh, Draymond and uh, Iggy on on the defensive abilities. He's just uh, playing way beyond, I probably, I guess, anybody expected uh, of him. And just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, uh, look, Looney is, he is, he's an important player for the Warriors. And he's really important now that uh, now that DeMarcus Cousins isn't playing. Obviously, he hasn't been playing all year, but also the injury to Damian Jones is really what I meant to say. So you got an injury to Damian Jones, and you got uh, Boogie Cousins not back yet. I got to tell you, and I was wrong on this. I thought I, I didn't think the Warriors were going to be able to retain Looney for the amount of money they retained him for, which was basically about one point five million. I thought he showed enough last year in his ability to defend guards when he got switched out to them. I thought he showed that characteristic and that skill well enough that other teams would, in essence, just throw a little more money at him. I'm not, I'm not saying eight, ten million a year. I, I just thought somebody might throw Looney, 
six million over two years, maybe something like that, maybe seven mil over over three. And apparently nobody did that. And the reason I am left to believe is because when you play with Steph Curry and when you play with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, I think there's a fear that the role players who play around those players look better than they actually are. And so I think when when maybe other teams were watching Looney play last year, I think there's a, a feeling among front office people that, well, anybody can do that. Anybody can play that role. And while it's true, you don't have to do much if you're the fifth player playing with those four guys. I do think Looney has uh, some skills that are underrated and maybe that just get lost in the shuffle. I think he's a very good rebounder. I think he's a very smart player. He's not the most athletic guy. We know that. Uh, he doesn't have a quick jump. He plays very close to the floor. Nevertheless, nevertheless, what the Warriors look for in players, Looney has, and that's smarts, that's uh, a focus, that's rebounding, he can block a couple shots, he's never in the wrong position. And look, the bottom line is this. When Steve Kerr looks down his bench and has a choice between Jordan Bell and Kevon Looney, he's going to take Kevon Looney because Kevon Looney is safer than Jordan Bell. Plain and simple. And now he's got Jarebko to also go to. By the way, Jarebko, goodness gracious. You know what he is on this road trip? Four games in this road trip, he's 18 for 25 from the floor. And I'm going to show you how good I am at math. That is 72% from the field, and I didn't use a calculator. That's the kind of thing I can do right off the top of my head. I kid you not. Let's go to Lee in Santa Clara. What's going on, Lee? How you doing, man? Long time no here. Hey, Stiney, my old friend. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, I've I've been following the team, though, absolutely. Cool. I just wanted to make uh, a couple points tonight here. Uh, And did I just cut you off? Sorry. No. Okay. Yeah, in answer to your question about the rivalry and the Cavs, uh, yeah, I do kind of miss it. I mean, it was clearly the best rivalry in the league there for four years. And if you think about it, the Warriors don't really have a number one rival right now. No. It's not really the Rockets. You know, it's not the Kings. I mean, I guess kind of the Lakers, if, you know, they're good, but they really don't have a rival. It's kind of sad that that era is gone. And then my uh, my second point I want to make is that tonight, I think, just should be a reminder to everyone how underrated Stephen Curry really is. The guy is irreplaceable. And, you know, all of this worrying by some people during the Warriors, uh, you know, a little bit of a losing stretch there. They didn't have Curry. No. Nope. I mean, hello. Well, they also didn't have Draymond for a big part of it. You know, I, you know and I, I often wonder this. When, when people say, well, the Warriors were 5-5 five and five without Curry, I wonder if Draymond hears that and says, well, I didn't play either. Don't forget about me. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think he clearly understands the, the pecking order. You know, I mean, he's never going to be that, that headline guy, you know, when Curry's out at the same time. I mean, you know, just seeing a few of those shots that Curry made, like the inbounds play when his back was to the right. basket, you know, I mean, just ridiculous. Nobody else in the league even takes that shot. And I think, again, tonight is just a reminder that when Curry is not on the floor, they're just nowhere near the same team. But when he is out there, they are by far the best team in the league. Yeah. All the cylinders are firing and everybody's out there. 
you're not going to beat these guys in the seven-game series. Uh, it's, it's awfully tough. And thanks for the call, Lee. Don't be a stranger. It's awfully tough to envision that. It really is. If the Warriors are healthy, I don't think there's a team in the league that can beat them. Now, with that said, I still think this is going to be their toughest run to winning a title. I think it's going to, I realized two years ago, uh, or rather three years ago, they were taken to seven games in the Western Conference Finals by the Thunder. I realized last year they were taken to seven games by the Rockets. But I think that the reason this year is going to be the most difficult is because this is going to be the first year that the best team they play is going to be in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I'm convinced that the, that the, the Raptors... I'm convinced that the Celtics, at least by the end of the year, Milwaukee, maybe even Philadelphia, whoever comes out of the East, I think that team's going to be better than the number two team in the West. And that in and of itself is going to be different for the Warriors because when they got by, let's face it, when they got by the Rockets last year, you could just take a deep breath. And what you could do is 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 know that the Warriors were going to win that game. It was just a matter of uh, of how many games it was going to go. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD1 KGMZ San Francisco, the radio home of the Golden State Warriors from the 925. How many minutes could you play, Steinmetz, along the along with the Big Four without jeopardizing the game? Justin says, "I'm good for three minutes." Means he's good. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, what time did garbage time start tonight? With about six? I, you put me or you put Justin in the last six minutes of garbage time? I think we still hold on. I think we still hold on. Maybe. I got to believe they'd, they'd attack me, though. They'd attack me with that uh, that rookie, Sexton. He'd be, he'd be licking his chops. Uh, 415 says, I disagree with your last caller. Cleveland is the worst team in the league. Eh, they're not the worst team in the league. I think the Hawks are worse. And uh, the Phoenix Suns, I think, are the worst team in the league. Cleveland's got some pro players. They just, they're just they just trending downward, and they've been devastated by, obviously, the loss of, uh, what's his name, LeBron James. Let's go to Al in Novato. Hey, Al, what's going on, man? What's going on, Steinmetz? Hey. Let me help your ratings here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, check this out, man. I have to disagree with you as far as the the, the top teams uh, after the Warriors being in the East. You, you, I think if everybody underestimates uh, Portland, and they also underestimate the trending team, which I think uh, uh, would be uh, New Orleans. And That's then along with five hundred, only five hundred. Say what? The Pelicans are only five hundred. It, you know, it's potential. It's early. It's, it's like, early in saying? the year. Okay. So you'll see. You'll see. Right. You'll see, Simon. You'll All see. Right. And another thing, how about how about Durant's – this is part two of our conversation with Durant's defense. How about Durant's, Durant's defense and look at his stats tonight? I didn't notice his defense. Was he good? Yeah. Well, you're going to start noticing because me and you got a running thing on his defense. And All we're right. going to run this through the whole series. And uh, so – and for me – it's it's best that Damian Jones isn't there for real. Um, he wasn't. Yeah, a you don't like him. anyway. No, no. Well, let me just put it like he's just so young. He's got a True. lot, a couple more years to be developed. But this is the pros, you know. This is a championship team, 
And he and I can see what Steve Kerr and them were doing. Dude. They were trying to get him some experience and everything. The real starter for him was going to be Javon Looney until, you know, they get uh, Boogie in there. So that that's my whole take on the whole thing. So let's run with that. All right, fair enough. The problem with uh, with Damian Jones is he's this is his third year. This is his third year. He was out all all his first year. I didn't play much last year, and now he's going to miss most of this year. Let me let me look at some numbers for Damian Jones because uh, you know he is he is a player that. Uh, you know, he played 10 games as a rookie, 15 last year. He played 24 this year. So he's going to end up playing 49 games in three years. And I think I think the bottom line is that uh, you got to worry about whether the Warriors are going to pick up an option on him for next year. I mean, I think the thing he may have going for him is that the Warriors are still going to be thin up front. Why are they going to be thin up front? Well, because DeMarcus Cousins won't be back. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Jarebko has got a one-year deal. We'll see what the Warriors do with that. Jordan Bell will be entering his third year, and he still hasn't really broken through. So, you know, Damian Jones may just be uh, in a situation where the Warriors have to use him or have to keep him next year. Let's go to Benny in San Jose. Hey, Benny, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Going well, man. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up a point. I'm in traffic listening to you guys talk about the Warriors. And uh, what I've been thinking that we're missing this year, and what's a player I wasn't always a fan of, is Zaza. And I always felt that he was unproductive. But I think what we're missing is his big body, which is intimidating. You know, when he's setting screens, and he makes it a little harder for people to play in the paint. No doubt. And for for the offensive rebounds and right now that's what we're missing. Well, we got, you know, we got Looney in there, but I just don't think he's big enough, and and that's why there's so many offensive rebounds right now. Well, yeah, that's that's then, not that's not a bad point. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Go ahead. Uh, that that that's all that um that's all that I was thinking about, and uh, I can't wait for Boogie to get uh, stronger and for us to have a big presence there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Going to be very, very interesting. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, oh, my bad. My bad. And thanks for the uh, 650. I'm looking at Damian Jones right now. You are right. On Tuesday, October 30th, Tuesday, October 30th of this year, they did pick up Damian Jones' option for 1920. Thank you very much. Remember, I never mind being corrected when I'm wrong. Never. So thank you very much. Uh, somebody from the Chilton Auto Body text line keeps saying, how about those Clippers? How about those Clippers? Clippers are a year away, I think. Although, I'll tell you what, and I know this has been brought up before, but the Clippers are a team that they've got a lot of good players. No great ones, but they have a lot of good ones. But you throw a superstar onto that team, God forbid you throw two superstars onto that team, which you might be able to do. That team's going to be a factor next year, whether it's Kawhi Leonard or whether it's Kevin Durant. Uh, We'll see. We'll see who goes where. But I'll tell you what, the Clippers have a foundation right now where one star, one star 
I think gets them back into the picture in a big way. And they're already back in the picture because they're atop the Western Conference standings. Let's go to Larry in San Francisco. Hey, Larry. Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Hey, you know, these last couple of games showed me that, you know, it's not Durant, it's not Draymond, it's Steph, man. Yeah. Steph, when Steph is on that court, that team that team has no problem scoring 25, 30 points. Steph's off there, they struggle for 16. They struggle to hit 20, you know? Yep. I mean, it's just, to me, there's no doubt, there's no doubt that KD's a great player, but he isn't the player, he's not LeBron James and he's not Steph. No, he's no? he's not. And thank thank you for the call, Larry. Appreciate it. He's not. I mean, Kevin Durant's best characteristic is his ability to score, and it's he's the best scorer in the NBA, I think. Although Curry's right there with him, but in terms of guardable, believe it or not, Steph's more guardable than Kevin Durant. I would say that there's nothing wrong with Kevin Durant being the scorer that he is. He's also a pretty good rebounder. And he's not a great creator, but he'll he'll throw the right pass. Kevin Durant knows how to throw the right pass. He knows when he's getting double teamed. He doesn't take bad shots uh, when when he's got guys hanging on him. And the thing I say about Steph Curry all the time, and maybe he gets sick of hearing it. Here's how you know the name of the game right now is spacing in the NBA. Everybody wants to spread the floor. And the reality of the situation is if Steph Curry stood on the hash mark and never moved at the offensive end of the floor, he just put him there, stand there, stand like a statue, don't do anything, he would still help you because somebody would have to stand next to him on the defense. You couldn't just let him out there because he's proven he can make that shot enough where you got to go out and guard him. So, it's it's of course, it's exaggerated, but... Steph Curry helps you simply by being on the floor and being somebody that must be guarded. Let's go to Dre in Central California. Hey, Dre, what's going on? Good to hear from you again, Steiny. Yeah, same to you, Dre. Hey, uh, that was a great game. Jonas is off the hook right now, man. That guy could play some ball. When I first seen him play this year, I liked what I saw. But what I've seen since this road trip, he's off the hook. He's solid. I mean, he's solid. He's been around for a while. He knows how to play. And, you know, players like him, they have no problem fitting in, even with a great team, because they don't try to do too much. They're smart, and they know how to play. Yeah, he makes the right pass. Yes. He knows when to shoot the three-pointer. He knows when to drive in. I like the way he boards. That's the one thing I'm concerned with, though, the lack of big guys, especially this next game in Milwaukee. You're on to something with uh, Looney. He is our best center right now. He is uh, he's patient. He knows how to play the game. Bell, I'm not too sure. You know what I really don't like about Bell? What's that? He's got so much, so much leaps and athleticism, but he doesn't seem to know how to finish around the rim. It's because he's undersized. You, you think that's what it is? Yeah, it's part of it. It's part of it. He also doesn't have the greatest. He's a good passer, but he didn't have the greatest hands in terms of catching the ball. Hey, thanks a lot for the call, Dre. I got some other people to get in. Uh, haven't heard from you in a while, so it was good to hear from you. Yes, I, this is what I just wrote down as it pertains to the big men. Last year, the Golden State Warriors, at the five position, had Pachulia, McGee, and David West. 
And this year they have Damian Jones, Kavon Looney, and Jordan Bell. That's a significant fall-off. It's a fall-off in a lot of ways. It's not only a fall-off in terms of talent. It's a fall-off in terms of experience. I mean, you have Pachulia McGee and David West. West and Pachulia, both 35 and older, but were still able to get it going. I mean, still able to contribute. Uh, McGee, a little bit younger, but nevertheless, and, and we'll find out from Gene after the break, uh, JaVale McGee helped the Warriors the last two years. And, and Jones, Looney, and Bell, and Jarebko, uh they're not as effective as those those three guys. And even asking Jarebko to play five is asking a lot. It really is. I mean, he can do it. He can do it. But asking him to do it on a consistent basis is, uh, it is. It's, it's asking for a big favor from Jarebko. But he had a heck of a road trip. And let's see if he can uh, finish it off on Friday when the Warriors play the Bucks. In case you didn't catch that stat, Jarebko, 18 for 25. 18 for 25 from the field. Uh, on this road trip so far through four games. All right, you're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, and it's brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Matt Steinmetz along with you. Golden State Warriors tonight. End up beating the Cleveland Cavaliers, 129-105. They used a big third quarter, outscoring the Cavs 37-22. And they had a big fourth quarter, too, outscoring the Cavs 34-19. So that's what's called dominating in the second half. The 5-1-0 says, if Boogie Cousins has a down year and Durant goes somewhere else, do you think Boogie is gone for sure? That's a great question, if, if he has a down year. If he has a down year, it's within the realm of possibility. But if Boogie Cousins plays at 75% of what he has been, okay, then the Warriors can't re-sign him. If Boogie Cousins is on the Warriors next year, chances are the team will look dramatically different. And I'm talking about without two players in the big four, not just one. Because if Durant leaves, the Warriors still won't have money to acquire Cousins if he's a heavily pursued free agent. The only thing they can offer him is $6.3 million. So that's a, that's a long shot that he would come back. All right, let's go out to the queue, go back out to the queue, and hear from Steph Curry. He was asked uh, if he was surprised tonight at the quiet crowd at the arena. Yeah, I said this morning, I didn't really think about how different it might be, um, consider all the battles we've had in the last four years here, but it was a little weird, and um, just try to keep the energy up, and obviously, like I said, focus on how we were playing, and obviously they put a good fight in the first half, and you know, made some tough shots, and um, it took a, a concerted you know, effort in the last 24 minutes to... I open up the game and, um, yeah, just uh, an odd night all the way around. Steph, a lot of us are going to miss Warriors Cavs in the finals. Will you? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a historical, you know, battle, uh, I think, in terms of how people will look at those four years um, when it's all said and done. 
Right now, it's still a little, a little soon, um, and we're still obviously in the fight to continue to win championships. So, <clears throat> um, you know, I most likely won't be here in the finals. But in terms of you know our chase for what's next, uh, it's not much time to really think about that uh, as we go forward. And obviously, great memories and tough memories in this building, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I'll definitely sit back on the couch in you know ten, twelve years when it's all over and think about. And what what it was like to play here, and you know what the stakes, how high the stakes were every time we came into this building. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about shots fired, right there it is. Steph Curry assuming Cleveland's not going to make the finals this year. He basically said it. He said he's going to miss coming back here. I wonder if that's going to light a fire under that organization. You don't think the Cavs have a big time run in them? Me neither. Let's go to Gene in Oakland. What's going on, Gene? How you doing, man? Hey, Steiny. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, you know, they're selling tickets for $2 uh, to the Cleveland game, so uh, I, I don't think they're going anywhere this year. <laughs> I saw a couple photos from the arena, and there they were rows of empty seats. That's unusual when the yeah. Warriors come to town. Not just there, anywhere. That's, that's, that's true. So, you know, you <laughs> you mentioned me in relation to JaVale. Uh, you know, I, I promised I wasn't going to needle you anymore. Remember? Sure. But as long as you mention, <laughs> but as long as you mention it, I mean, they could sure use him right now. And you know, it wouldn't have cost him much. I mean, it seems to me at the beginning of the season they were presenting it as a either or, you know, like Cousins or Javale. And right. Even I'm not dumb enough to think that you uh, wouldn't take Cousins, uh, even at, you know, with the risk involved uh, with that choice. But uh, you know, the problem they got now with these with these bigs is. You know, they either they're either very athletic, but but don't have a real nose for the game. You know, like like Jones and and uh, uh, you know some Bell. others, or they're or they're smart. Yeah, Bell, uh, or you know, uh, or they're smart, but then they're not very athletic. Right. So, you know, and, and I'm uh, I'm afraid of this next game because uh, I think that's going to really show up. Uh, you know. Missing the bigs. Uh, that's a big team we're playing. Yeah. It's a very good one. You know what, Gene? And I, and I hear you with McGee, but, you know, I didn't realize this. The last two years for the Warriors, he averaged 9.6 minutes a game and 9.5 minutes a game. Sure felt like he played more than that. This year he's averaging 24 minutes a game for the Lakers. Yeah. So he's getting a lot of playing time. He's getting as much playing time as he has since 2011-12. That had to be a big part of it. Yeah, I I always felt like they could they could have played him more, but I think he's also got that asthma condition more under control from what I've been reading. So he's he's looking really good this year. So I, I don't know. I think we got a problem uh, next year with the bigs if, if Jones doesn't doesn't smarten up or and I don't know. They, his in, his instincts are not there. It seems and I'm. I don't know how you how you develop that. You That's know, you, that got the physical skills. Yeah, no, Gene. I, I worry about feel. Feel is and thanks for the call, Gene. Feel is I don't. You're right. I, I don't think you can teach feel, Lucas. Stani, I think there was something to the fact that the Warriors maybe misdiagnosed his asthma. The Lakers really looked into it and said that there wasn't much there that he was that anybody was afraid of of ruining in in his health. So interesting. He was playing up to thirty minutes earlier, and then they went out and got Tyson Chandler. So uh, that kind of limited his minutes now. Yeah, McGee right now. Thank you, Lucas. McGee right now averaging 12 points and 6.4 rebounds a game in 24 minutes. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's definitely, he has resurrected his career, JaVale McGee. And in fairness, there have been other 
people who have been harsher on JaVale McGee than me. There have. But I must say, he's, he helped the Warriors the last two years. And he, you know what? Here's the thing. The JaVale McGee that played for the Warriors and the JaVale McGee that's playing for the Lakers right now, it's not really the JaVale McGee that played in the NBA the previous five years. I mean, this guy's, this guy now is, it's almost like he's learned how to become a professional player night in and uh, night out. So, good for JaVale McGee, because by all indications, he's a very good, uh, very good human being, and that's really what it's all about. And you know what? He can jump. He can jump. We know that. All right, we come back. We're going to check in with our main man, John Dickinson. You're listening to the Warriors Wrap-Up, brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight in Cleveland, 129-105. They're now 2-2 two two on this road trip. It concludes on Friday in Milwaukee. Steph Curry, 42 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists. Kevin Durant, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. So a couple big games for Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Tonight's play of the game is brought to you by Putnam Auto. Visit Putnam Cadillac Chevrolet Buick GMC in Burlingame featuring the all-new XT4 crossover SUV or visit PutnamGM.com. It's time for the play of the game. Tune in tomorrow morning to Steinmetz and Guru at 10.30 for your chance to win $100. Now, here's the play of the game. Warriors could take a lead here. They had only a two-point lead to start the game. Curry from about 30. Curry! My goodness. That was ridiculous. There you go. A Curry 30-footer, approximately, is the play of the game. Remember, tune in tomorrow at 10.30 for a chance to win $100. All you have to do is call in to Steiny and Guru and tell us what the play of the game was. All you got to do is say, Curry's 30-footer. And if you want to say it's something Tim Roy called ridiculous, that's even better. So that would be a chance to win $100. All right, let's go out to our main man, John Dickinson. Uh, J.D. joining us. What's up, J.D.? How you doing, man? What's going on, Matt? Good to be with you. And don't confuse the Curry 30-footer with the Kevin Durant 30-footer. Because Kevin Durant got it rolling in the second half, and, and he was knocking down some shots that, that felt like Stephen Curry kind of shots, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was. they both were really, really good tonight. And, I mean, they. it's so funny because they went in, what, down six at halftime? And you just, I always say this, you realize how long a game is against the Warriors because you got to play 48 minutes and if you don't, and you're, you're a team like Cleveland, you're going to get beat. I, w- I want to get into something uh, a little specific with you. and it, Maybe it, it just kind of hit me, um, but I mentioned it earlier. You know, last year the Warriors had Pachulia playing five, McGee playing five, and West playing five. And those are three experienced players, and all three of them I thought fit pretty well, did what they uh, were asked to do. This year they got Damian Jones, obviously he's out for the year, uh, Jordan Bell and Kevon Looney. Uh, 
That's a drop-off in any league. Yeah, I think it's a drop-off. No, no question, but I also think it's, you know, you're trying to get through this part of the season until you get DeMarcus Cousins in the mix, and DeMarcus Cousins is better than any of those other six guys that you mentioned, too. So I think part of what the Warriors are doing is knowing that they're going to have Cousins at some point. If DeMarcus Cousins had, let's say, signed with the Lakers or re-signed with the Pelicans or signed with some other team, I don't think it would only be the three young players playing that spot for the Warriors. I think they would have gone out and found a veteran presence, a Tyson Chandler or somebody else. Man, what? do you think he's got anything left, Tyson Chandler? He's one of those guys to me that I... He, maybe not. He's like no, Carmelo Anthony in my mind. No, I, it's interesting. I, I, I would probably lean your direction in terms of agreeing with you, but I, I still think they would have gone out and got somebody. Right, That's right, right. I got point. you. Oh, absolutely. I think they would have looked to a filled, yes. maybe not with two or three other guys, because, I mean, Jones and Bell and Looney were all on the team. It's funny, the, all six of those guys were on the team last year. Right? That's right. That's right. I, I think. I think the Warriors would have would have rolled with Jones, rolled with Bell, rolled with Looney. They would have let Pachulia go, McGee go, and West go. But I think instead of using six spots for all those guys, I think they probably would have used a fourth spot for some kind of a veteran presence. Now, it wound up being DeMarcus Cousins. He kind of fell into their lap, and I think that, that changed their thinking on the whole thing. I think they thought, well, we want to go younger to begin with. Now Cousins is coming in, let's say, at the midpoint of the year, so it'll almost force us, and speaking from the Warriors' perspective, it'll almost force us to play the young guys in the first half of the year. And, you know, if you add it up to this point, about a quarter of the way through the year, I think you could say, other than Kavon Looney's play, which has been pretty good, you know, that Damian Jones and Jordan Bell have been have been disappointments, and maybe it hasn't worked to this point but hasn't worked to the tune of, what, 17-9 and nine, right. uh, and still having DeMarcus Cousins on the way here shortly in, in probably less than a month. Yeah, and that's, that's true. And also, you know, 17-9 and is not a great record for the Warriors, but it's not on the centers. It's probably more on no. the Curry injury and the Draymond Green injury. Let me ask you this, because Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, I don't know if you heard Bob Myers on with Greg Papa earlier, Greg kind of asked him about the new year, you know, and, and Bob said, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, what do you think? When do you think Cousins is going to come back? Because just the way he said it, I think we might be thinking it's it's sooner than it really will be. Well, I've, I've said, and I know when we've done shows, I've said January. but right. But I'm not sure if that means January 3rd, which is their – what their first game in January, I think, is it until the third, right? Or January twenty ninth or thirtieth right. or whatever their last game is. So I, I just kind of say January and leave it at that, knowing that January could still be the first half of the season, and January could be well right. into the second half of the season, depending upon you know whether it's the beginning or the end. I still do tend to think it's probably going to be closer to the end, just knowing the way the Warriors handle things with right. injuries. I mean, look, look at the way they handled Stephen Curry, right? Uh, just going yeah. back last week, Curry said he was ready Monday. They didn't play him Monday, and then they didn't play him Thursday, in addition to not playing him Monday, to give him all the way to Saturday. I think 
almost use DeMarcus as as a a bigger scale of that. If 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 he thinks he's ready January first, then you might wait till January eleventh, and then you might wait till January twenty first right. just to just to be extra safe. No doubt, and that's I think that's what's going on too with Draymond Green right now. They're just being extra cautious. Guaranteed, he would have played. Uh, Probably on this trip, if this trip were in March or April, or certainly in the playoffs, not that they would go on a road trip in the playoffs, but I think they're that's the Warriors' M.O., and, and Cousins had to know that before he got here. Yeah, I think he did, although I still think it's difficult because DeMarcus Cousins True. is the type of player that I think wants to contribute, wants to get back, wants to play and, and help this team win, and I think he's also the type of player that, sees the team struggling the way they were a week and a half, two weeks ago, sees other all-stars out and and sees Damian Jones go down and, and maybe them be a little bit thin at that center position. And I think he's the kind of guy that would that would walk into to Steve Kerr's office or, or Bob Myers at, at see him at a practice and say, I'm ready to go right now. Exactly. <laughs> Put me out there. We're shorthanded. I, I want to help this team win. And so I and I think you know he's the type that can get a little bit frustrated or impatient, I guess, uh, with those sort of things, even th- knowing full well what he signed up for. I'll tell you though, I mentioned January twenty first is yes. just kind of a, just you know, kind of jokingly there. Oh, they but play it, somebody. Isn't that the day they play the Lakers oh, in, in in L A? I think uh, in LeBron, you know, that'd be is the first game Luther down King? in L A. Yeah, Martin Luther King okay. holiday. Okay. So so that's one that I think if it gets beyond that point. Uh, because look, I mean, Demarcus, I think wants to play against the Lakers more than more than just about anybody, uh, you know, e- even including Sacramento. Uh, so, or the Pelicans, I think, yeah, yeah, or the or the Pelicans. So, I I, I think you know, I think he was really hurt that they didn't come after him in the off season as a team that had money and they were trying to find players that were going to be with LeBron. So I, I think he, uh, he, I think that's one that he definitely would want to be back for. You know, JD, and we're being joined on Warriors Live by John Dickinson. Uh, JD, early in the season, I remember talking to you about your Ebco, and I said, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know that he's going to really help them that much. But the reality is, is right now they need they need competent players, and he's one, and. Uh, I don't know if you heard the state. He's 18 for 25 from the field on this road trip. So he's been very, very good on this trip. And he's been and pretty a, solid all year. And a team best plus 25 tonight, yeah, right? Good, I mean, good you call. look at you Durant's out there with Curry, and good things are happening. And, and McKinney, a low key plus 22 yeah. tonight, as I'm kind of scanning through things. But no, Jarebko, a lot of what he does, and I've been thinking about this watching him play more and more a lot of what he does actually does play in the playoffs he's kind of a a a physical guy he's he's a little bit awkward I think and and clunky but if he can knock down shots and and just make the right basketball play in terms of a smart pass you know he's not afraid to go down low and and bang around a little bit fight fight for the ball fight for a rebound here or there He, he is in some ways the the perfect kind of player that you want with star players a guy that's just going to make the basic basketball play not try and do too much but also kind of like Kavon Looney not do anything that's really going to kill you right and and I think you know a lot of times when the Warriors go to their bench you know it it's you know it can it's just worse than break even it's a lot of times they go to their bench and you're thinking wow like they're just 
you know, this guy can't do it and this guy can't score and this guy's turning it over and this guy doesn't look ready to play. And so I, I think Jarebko's somebody that never fits into that extreme negative category. I think at his worst, he's just kind of in the middle, blends in, doesn't really hurt you too much. Well, you know what? And I'll, I'll piggyback on that. There's another thing he does, uh, and that's he's versatile. He can guard multiple positions, and they, they love players who can do that. Yeah, I know. I, I I like his game. You know, it's it's interesting. Originally, I liked the signing. I thought he was somebody that could help in the regular season more than the playoffs. And then the way the preseason went, right? And I thought, oh boy, this is ugly. This really is ugly. And then he has the tip in against Utah that first week of the season, and then he actually played pretty well there for for a decent stretch and kind of went away. But he's come on strong here lately. So, no, I, I, I think the more we see him, the more he looks like a, a player that, that actually can be a fit and somebody that, that Steve Kerr can even play in a playoff series, and, and he, might, he might knock down some big shots or make a couple big yeah, plays. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think you're right about that because he's, he, he is, he's a playoff type of player in terms of, you're right, he's not going he's, he's to get you beat, chances are. Um, so yeah, I, I hear you. What'd you think of Curry tonight? I mean, I I couldn't tell. I didn't see any rust. I think he looks like the Steph Curry we all know. Yeah, and I didn't really think he was rusty the game the other night either in Atlanta. He he looked uh, like he was rusty in Detroit for maybe the first half, right, or, or part of the first half. No, he was just terrific. I mean, and you know, he's putting himself back in that category. I think it's a little too early to start talking about MVPs again. But and I certainly can't miss any more games than he already has. But I mean, to come back with a with a forty two tonight and and the nine of fourteen from three point range. I mean, I, I think we it isn't going to be too long until we're starting to have those conversations again about you know, is he putting himself back in that conversation that he was already putting himself back in. It's funny. It's the same same topics probably right. over and over uh, with this team. You know, he was great, and and I. You know, the the only thing that just kind of lingered a little bit from this one for me was, you know, you, you, Curry was great. Clay Thompson didn't play well in the first half. Uh, there was nobody really scoring with Curry in the first half. And then Durant kind of got rolling as the game went on. And then they were both going, and, and that helped them turn the game. And then just the fact that, the you know, the Cavs hit a bunch of threes in the first half, and that – that leveled out uh, over the course of the game in the second half. The Warriors wind up out hitting them from three, what, 18 to 11 after the Cavs had hit 10 in the first half, right. I believe, and then hit one of 12 in the second That's half. That's right. They were 10 for 20 at one point. I don't know if it was halftime or not, but they were 10 for 20. Then they And finished 11 for 32, yeah. so they finished one for 12. Yeah, and the Warriors, on the other hand, 18 for 34. That's two straight games where they shot over 50%. From uh, three point, and their their attempts are up, Matt. They're, isn't it funny how that happens? The the Warriors three point attempts are up when you have a guy that shoots fourteen yeah, he of took them. Fourteen tonight, Steph Curry Steph made Curry. nine. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, I I get it. I it's not only that Steph, you're missing Steph Curry's eleven threes, and you're only getting four from Quinn Cook or you know whoever, but the. They they don't shoot as many threes because they don't have as many open threes and it and would it's not yeah. easy to take a contested three pointer and when you do everybody sees it's contested and if it doesn't go in you can't take them uh, after that 
the, they got the Bucks on Friday, JD. The Bucks are sixteen and seven. Uh, I'm looking tonight. They beat the Detroit Pistons in Milwaukee, uh, one fifteen to ninety two. Do, do you think this is the kind of game that the Warriors do remember that they got beat by thirty at their place? Yeah, I, I think they do. However, no Draymond Green may m- mitigate some of that, right. uh, I think, a little bit. Uh, you know, and Draymond, I think the Warriors, what they've done here, because they played, what, November 8th uh, against the, the Bucks at Oracle, and that right. was the night that Stephen Curry got hurt, and Draymond Green didn't play in that game to begin with, and everybody was disappointed that, that you know, we didn't get to see him, um, you know, going up against Giannis. Uh, and, and the like on that night. So I think it's it's a game where I think if you look at it, the Warriors would like to make a statement, but their their defense is just so inconsistent without Draymond Green in the mix that that, that I think it's still going to be a really really tough game. And I know the Bucks are going to want to absolutely put it on them as well, put it on them again if if they can. They've been very good at home. Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. You know, I'm, the Bucks sixteen and seven. Uh, I'm looking at that team, and how good do you think they are? I mean, do you think they could actually get to the NBA Finals? I'm I'm not sure, but I'm already surprised at, at how good they are uh, this quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I would probably leave it at, at top four gotcha. in, the East, in the East. I mean, Toronto's been really good. I still think Boston's going to get on a run I do at too. some point. They're going to get healthy. They're going to figure it out, and they're going to get on a run at some point. Uh, and and they may wind up being the team that nobody wants to play come playoff time. You know, depending upon their matchup and where their seating uh, winds up. But I, I'll say this, and I know you know we I said it a, a bunch of different times when we were all talking the first time these two teams played. To me, they are a much better coached team than they've ever been before right. and I think that's a, a dramatic difference just in terms of their style of play uh, you know they play faster they shoot more threes it, it looks like they have a few more players that are that are maybe more engaged than they have been uh, in the past a la a guy like Eric Bledsoe who really torched the Warriors in that game back in November I, I think this is a fun fun matchup uh, it's ju- it is too bad that Draymond Green isn't going to play in that game and, and isn't going to play in either of those two matchups. But hey, the Warriors will have an awful lot of offensive firepower on the court. The the Bucks did a, a nice job against Stephen Curry in his 26 minutes that night. He was five for 14. They really made him work. He didn't hit a three pointer. They they kind of made Durant and Clay Thompson you know volume scorers a little bit in that game. Uh, and and did a nice job. So uh, they they have the length still that can bother the Warriors at times. I think it's you know of all the teams the Warriors could play, I think Milwaukee might actually be the second toughest matchup. We've seen how difficult Boston's been, but right. if you just put the if you just put Boston, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, you know up you know forget about their record or their standing or anything, and you just start looking at their players. And saying, well, who's the toughest on the Warriors? It might be Milwaukee after Boston if I'm putting them in, in some kind of order. And I think we saw last week, for whatever reason, as good as Toronto is, the Warriors just play well against that uniform in 
building. Yeah, they do. And it, 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 it feels like the Warriors know they have Toronto's number, even though you're right, they did lose last week. Uh, Eric Bledsoe tonight with 27 uh, in that win against the Pistons, 10 for 17 from the floor. Uh, he had a big game, too, in Oakland against the Warriors. No Chris Middleton uh, tonight for the Bucks. He missed the game because of personal reasons, so you wonder if he'll be back by uh, Friday or not. He's obviously a key piece. Uh, from the 6-5-0, uh, what about picking up a center at the minimum? Uh, how about a reunion with Andrew Bogut? Well, J.D., I don't know if you heard. We, t- we talked to Andrew Bogut today. Uh, he won't be coming back to the Warriors. He's, you know how many games they play in the National Basketball League in Australia? You know how long the regular season is? I'm going to say about 27 games. Come on. How do you know that? It's 28, but come on. <laughs> I just picked the number. You know what I did? I actually picked the old the old college number forever. It was about 27, I got 28 you. games. Yeah, 28 I just, games. I just thought it was about a college season, yeah. The regular season is 28 games in the National Basketball League in Australia. <laughs> Here's another That's thing. perfect for Bogut. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here's another thing I learned about the uh, – NBL in Australia, uh, they call it the la- the the records. They call it the ladder. L a d d e r is yeah, it a ladder okay. because you know the top rung is the first place team, and I thought that was interesting. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they do that I'm, in soccer I'm cool with that. Okay, yeah, the ladder, and then they have rounds. Like each each week is a round. I think wasn't the NBA supposed to do that this year? Like this was like this is week. 13 or something. I oh, that started last year. I think, don't they send it? You get those emails, right? Don't you get like the, the you still get the emails from the league. Is that how they oh, it's, identify? Oh, it's the week, the week three. Yeah, the, this is the week three, what to look for. You check your emails. I'll ah. bet you got a couple in there. You know what? I'll bet you got a couple. <laughs> yeah, I got a bunch of them backed up. I mean, I know that. I don't, I don't. I'll bet you, I mean, where, where are we now? I mean, we're right now, December, we got to be week eight or week nine. Yeah, something like that, probably. Something like that. Uh, I'm looking looking at this box score. Uh, Cleveland. Oh, boy. I mean, <laughs> what do you do? Like, you know, I heard, I was listening to the TV broadcast, and they were talking about how Cleveland's got a better roster than the Atlanta Hawks, and it's like, okay, I guess they do, but I'd much rather be the Hawks than the, than the Cleveland Cavaliers, wouldn't you? Boy, I don't know. Really? I mean, yeah, yeah. I just come on. I don't know. I think I think there's a. Now I get where you're coming from. I think there's an unwatchability factor to the. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like the Hawks. I feel like the Hawks don't even have NBA players. Like I was like uh, watching watching the Hawks get up and down the court and looking at their roster. I feel like they have more guys that you've never heard of. And may never hear about again than any other team in the league. Whereas the Cavs are bad, but they're bad with players that you've heard of. I, yeah. I think, or more more players like that. Yeah. As far as who would you rather be? I mean, here's the thing: the Cavs really can't break it down because right. they have so many guys on terrible contracts. Yeah, you're right. So. Hey. I, would you rather be them or would you rather be Atlanta? You know, I don't know. I think I'd rather be Atlanta just because they're younger. But you know what? I wouldn't want to be either team. Hey, J.D., thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate it. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. Hey, stay tuned for college basketball, USF at Cal. Thanks for listening, everybody.